What's up, everyone? This is your host, Daniel and Avi, and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective. In this podcast, we uplift indigenous and Latino insights on a variety of topics that highlight the intersectionality of both cultures. Expect some tears, joy, and definitely some laughter. Imagine chilling with your two best friends, talking smack, and throwing a little shade. <laughs> <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Javi, mi amigo, Clearwater River Casino, the ultimate spot for fun. No doubt. Let's make memories. What games are you feeling? Gotta love the variety in these video gaming machines, and the vibes are unmatched. Speaking of vibes, how about the free refreshments while we try our luck? Perfect touch. And hey, they've got lodging and a pool. How about a weekend getaway? The Clearwater River Casino and Lodge, your play, stay, getaway location. It's not just about playing, it's about the experience. Absolutely. This incredible experience is brought to you by the Clearwater River Casino and Lodge, our season six sponsors. What is up, Brown Sounders? It's Javi and Daniel back with the Brown Sound Podcast, season six, episode three. And today is a special day we have some guests we'll be introducing mm-hmm. them here shortly but before we do that chica it's been a while what is going on with you hey you know i was when you were talking about what episode it was i was like wait what one are we on <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> you know we we've been prepping season six and it's like going a lot later than we usually what we expected so i'm like kind of yep. confused so we're like trying to i guess be in the you know moment what's... but not in the moment so it's yeah and and you know what? We're doing different things. So this yeah. time we uh, have put a lot of time and effort into the season. And I hope you will all realize that as you listen and engage. But we've got some big things going on we've never had before in the season. Mm-hmm. And I think it just speaks to... Uh, you know, how much everybody supports our efforts, but also like how much we're invested in uplifting, amplifying Latino and indigenous voices, Chicax. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about, because we need to get into it, and I know you and I are big fans, and maybe some oh, yeah. of our listeners are also traitors. Oh, yep. Bruh, this last episode, what the heck? Yeah. No, I, you know, I don't know what, why I'm so like intrigued with this show, but when I watch it, I sit there at the like edge of my seat and I'm like yelling and like just, I guess, reacting. Yeah. And- and Betsy won like the last episode when like Phaedra was going in on like how he was trying that to one first, yeah, don't give anyone spoilers oh yeah anyways yeah so anyways Betsy came out she's like what are you watching because I was like get him like I'll just reacting like get him get him together or whatever but it's it's such a good show if you haven't watched Traders yet it's it is on Peacock yeah. and we're not even getting paid to promote this we're show not, but, not, but I mean if someone wants to pay us to promote their show we'll definitely do that <laughs> we'll do that or if they want to recruit us to be on the show I mean I wouldn't yeah, mind I, mean, I wouldn't mind either let me let me give you all some context if you're listening. So Traders is a game of like deceit. There's this group of people that are put together. This particular instance, season two is like celebrities. So if you watch Bravo, there's like housewives on there. If you watch like Bling Nation, there was like one of Survivor. the cast members in that. Survivor. If you used to watch the old MTV, like real world ro- uh, road rules or challenges. Like The Bachelor. Uh, or The Challenge and The Bachelor. So they mm-hmm. have people from all types of like different reality TV shows. And it's kind of fun to see them all 
engage in that. But what they do is as a group, they decide one night to vote somebody else because three people uh, are traitors Mm -hmm. and they don't know who those traitors are. And the the purpose of the game is to stay till the end and you win cash prize, like a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And so they quickly turn on each other and they make little like groups. Um, And this last particular time, one of the traitors turned on another traitor during one of those voting sessions and like shiz got real. And one of that traitor (laughs) they went for is like my fan favorite. So I'm like, dude, if they get my person out, like that's the show I'm not going to watch. You know, I'm like that invested. Yeah, me too. I was like... I don't know. I was like, well, one, if anyone who knows who like Phaedra Parks is from like the Real Housewives of Atlanta, they've always know that she's got those like good one liners. And then she's an attorney, too, by like, you know, her day job. So she knows how to like, you know, defend herself. So when seeing her in that like little circle when they're talking, I was like, that's that's yeah. If you're into shade, if you're into (laughs) watching people get gathered or like torn apart, this show has it all. Uh, Highly recommend. We will give recaps of every episode. Of the season, I don't care. That's how much I know. <laughs> it's good. It's a good show. And here's the official petition for any producer on that show: take Daniel and I, put us on that. <laughs> It'll be Golden TV. I promise. Yeah, I would uh, get on there. But I'm I'm mean. To, I could be mean, so I'd get on there and get people. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's this there's this aspect about the show too, where you need to be friendly, but not too friendly. You need to be strategic, right. but not overly strategic. Mm-hmm. You have to like play the game in a way where you're not targeted but also right. where you build alliances it's it's really interesting mm-hmm. yeah no i i would definitely recommend it to anyone out there it's just like i said very entertaining whoever produces the show does a good job with like all the like i mean it's very dramatic you know like it is, it's, it is. so it's, it's pretty good um other than that cheek because i i don't know what else to really i mean what else has been going on i know let's I'm still let's let's talk a little bit about dry january i know that you've oh. been sticking strong um and i want to yeah. congratulate you you on that yeah i mean you know you're yep. not drinking still, let's still sober Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still sober still on the wagon no yeah no i i mean dry january i mean my sister and i we both did that because we we're like well we nothing else to do i mean usually during the winter time yeah. is like when i'm the least social anyways like i go into a really yeah. bad like social or what is it seasonal depression type of mode like oh, i don't want to yeah. go nowhere i don't want to be out the bar you know i don't really i'm not I just yeah. want to do that but i was like let me try dry january and so so far so good i'm still haven't had a drink since like december 30th or so i didn't even yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird like i feel like people are expecting me to like not drink but i'm like oh even when i did drink i didn't drink every weekend like it was like you know you I, I, i'm like when i did go i'm like when i did go out did i have the time of my life yes but i didn't drink every weekend like i don't know it's just Uh-oh. it's weird when people are like oh yeah like even some of my family members are treating it as if like i needed to be so like oh i'm so glad you're sober yeah. I'm like me like i have way more other cousins that need sobriety yeah. and stuff than not I, just i, I like, just it was for me i was just like okay like i'm gonna fall off this weekend just kidding well well and i just remember every time you drink that one song pops off the uh been having the time of my no. life. I was like, which I've one? never felt this way before. You're like, girls yeah, just want to have fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's. I mean, yeah. Betsy fell Let off. Your hair of, down, cheek, shake your head. Let the wind run through your. 
there. Yeah, Betsy didn't survive dry January. She actually yeah. fell off like the weekend right before February. Yeah. We, she's a big Are 49ers you... fan, so she like when she was uh, watching the game, she was all stressed out and she fell sense. off. But for me, I was like, nope, I I have faith in them, so I'm not. Gonna Are you? Are you still doing a pause on Sneaky Link January too? Did I stop that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. No, anyways. <laughs> just putting your business. I up. know. Oh, I, oh. I mean, that comes with the territory of the podcast. You know, yeah, people, that's true. People are invested in your life, Chica. So we got to tell. Yeah. Them. No, I I was gonna ask you something really quick before we introduce our our guests because they're mm-hmm. a who, and then we're gonna have a really fun episode with them. Um, Nicki Minaj versus uh, Megan The Stallion beef. Oh. Um, people are wondering because you're a big Barb <laughs> fan. What uh, what's your take on all this? Man, if I had a dollar for every message I got during that whole week of right? like her Nicki Minaj or Megan Stallion, Nicki Minaj, um, I would probably have people five, were texting I, me I would, to ask would, what you thought. I probably would have five dollars. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, I mean my my stance on it is it's hip hop. Hip hop, you're supposed to feel like you're the greatest. You're supposed to talk your shit. That's part of the culture. Diss tracks and rap beef. It's not like it's new. Right. Um, I feel like diss tracks and and rap beef was a lot more worse back in like the 90s early 2000s compared to now um yeah. but it, i mean it just it's hip-hop that's what they do and obviously i'm gonna that's just i'm a ride with Nicki minaj till the day you know till the day i die i mean so, that's i'm a so i'm would, just a, i don't know it's team what Nicki would you say here. to people who what would you say to people who who argue that it's a divisive way of sub, like you know instead of uplifting each other up you're kind of tearing each other or do, is that mm. just part of the culture i would like you, i would just say that they don't come outer? i would just say that they don't know hip hop then because like hip hop okay. is a competitive genre like it is it's not pop music you know you're not over there yeah. talking about I don't know dumb stuff like you listen to pop music I guess but yeah. I don't know I mean it's just it's just a part of it's a part of that genre yeah. it's a part of that culture I feel like a, so if you are a real hip hop fan you know like it, it's an, it's entertaining to see like obviously rappers battle it out but yeah. um, if you are just like a hip hop fan by social media and, and TikTok or whatever and you're like a fan by it it's like well you probably don't really understand like the history Part of the culture and, yeah, okay. yeah so question for you then uh what if that became podcast culture and this other <laughs> podcast was coming for us would you well, want to release a diss, a diss track, track? <laughs> a, just a diss episode i mean we could if you want just anyone can another podcast up or yeah, something anyone can get it you know anyone can... i'll pick the i'll pick like the true crime <laughs> yeah. ending episode or something yeah like that, that's yeah no and yeah, if people. I mean, I just feel like if people talk shit, you have the right to respond to defend yourself. Yeah, so that's, just, that's where that's I stand right. on that. So, okay, speaking about defending yourself, <laughs> and then we're really jumping into the guest. Okay, uh, Selena and Yolanda, the secrets oh, between them. Did you see Yolanda Saldivar is trying to release? Yeah, some kind of. Yeah, right. She's All got a lot Selena. of. She's got a lot of balls, you know, to I, do that. So, like. So a couple of things. Selena was 23 when she passed away. She was like mm. 10 days short of turning 24. Yolanda Saldivar was in her 30s, mid 30s, I believe. Um, <laughs> she looks so much really older than them. Movie, right? yeah, <laughs> like, they really had her looking like old grandma, but uh, yeah, but she wasn't. She was 34, and yeah. um, apparently they're going to release new audio, new documents oh, wow. that uh, were never presented that give more context to the relationship between the two. All I'm I'm saying 
an issue. You know, I, I don't condone violence, but I know the Selena fans come mm-hmm. hard and heavy. And I I I have concerns for her safety after this documentary. I was already concerned. It's, there was already concerns for her safety before that. Right. But, you know what I mean? Does like, it, what can you say about someone who's dead? Can you imagine, like, if she's going to reveal yeah. secrets to make to make Selena look bad, people are going to have strong thoughts about mm-hmm. that. It's like, she's she's been gone for many years. Like, let her rest in peace. Why you got to keep bringing this up? But I guess I guess she's just trying to pull money, Cheek X or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know yeah. if she's going to pay good for this. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think I read somewhere, too. I think Selena's family even put out a statement like about this upcoming series that's coming out too like obviously against it but yeah, yeah i know that i feel like yolanda's definitely like damn she's got some cojones on her yeah to go out there and do all that but i'll be I watching i guess i guess i'll be I know, I mean, just to know, I know what like, just gonna gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> be tuning in i, I mean you know yeah. but well because you know once that comes out it's gonna be everywhere all over social media people yeah. have thoughts on it like it's gonna be epic but yeah. yeah we'll you know we'll definitely do a recap of that <laughs> yeah. when it comes out <laughs> all right yeah. chicks, let's Let's introduce our guest. Do you want to do you want to do an, an introduction for us? Yeah, yeah. So our today we have two special guests and they are a couple, a young native couple, young niece and nephew. Nay. But uh we want to introduce our upcoming guests. They are, you know, just a cool, I don't know. I've known them over the years and I just think they're really cool people and I think they have a very unique perspective, especially as a young indigenous couple. So without yeah. uh further ado, let's welcome Pox Young and Chelsea Quips. <laughs> It's like got uh, the old uh, young niece and nephew on the podcast. So really quick, would would I be considered an uncle? Uh, is that yes? I'd definitely be considered. Okay, I'm like, yeah, you're older than me, so you're definitely an uncle. So I'm like, yeah. So for everybody listening, because uh, you know some people might not be as in tune with like indigenous culture. Um, sometimes you may hear people in indigenous communities refer to someone as an auntie or an uncle. Uh, mm-hmm. What? Can you can you talk a little bit about that um, I, before we take away anything from Pox and, and Chelsea? Yeah. Oh, you want me to say something or yeah, who? whoever? Yeah, um, well, who there's three of us. That? So which one? <laughs> <laughs> Youngest. <laughs> 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 no, I think, you know, especially in our cultures, native cultures, I think it's just a way of showing respect to, you know, people that you admire, you know, some I have people that I call auntie uncle that I'm not even like blood related to. So but it's yeah. just a thing of respect. It's usually like, I feel like usually your auntie and uncle are like that you're not blood related to you like your mom and dad's like bros, you know, like oh, I got a couple I of my dad's my couple of my dad's bros that are always been my uncle, but they're not like like blood related to me, but just because they've been involved in my life. So that's, that's, okay. that's a, for my, you know, point of view i guess but so and i guess maybe it also touches on like the community aspect of the yeah. word like everybody's family um because in spanish we do that too we call everybody tío or tía especially if they're really close mm-hmm. um especially my friends now that are having babies they're not my blood relatives but i'm tío javi now to all the kids yeah. so I, I guess i get that as part of yeah. our culture too okay yeah. Sorry, sorry to digress. So, Pox, Chelsea, <laughs> we want to learn about you. Can you tell our our <laughs> listeners a little bit about yourselves? Ah, uh, so my name is Pox Young. Um, I live on the Nez Perce Reservation. I am part Nimi Poo and part Yakima and Haida Clinkit, oh. and that's me. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> oh, and I'm a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> and <Yeah>. the- <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Kelsey Quimps. I'm from Pendleton, Oregon, but I've been living in Lapway for well, cul-de-sac now. But I live on the Nespers Res for about five years. Oh. Um, yeah, I came here after I was in college at Pullman. So then COVID happened, and I ended up in this valley. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but I'm from a member from the Umatilla Indian Reservation. The Matilla tribe, mm-hmm. and I also have um, Nest Purse descendants. So yeah, nice. I'm like his. So so Pox Pox, you um, you do photography, and how long have you been doing that? Shoot, I think it's like something like eight years. Oh wow, eight years. Yeah, in the past, maybe four years, I kind of been taking it more serious because prior yeah. to that, I was in, in high school, just something I picked up. But mm-hmm. now lately, I've been kind of getting it out there a little bit more. Yeah, I uh, see your pictures all over social media and. And they're like legit. Yeah, I I especially love photography from like a cultural lens. Like it's like you see mm-hmm. and capture moments that I feel like people outside of our cultures would not get. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really cool. I don't know, just tying culture into any hobby or like profession mm-hmm. like you, because it's start. I'm sure it started like that in high school, and now that you yeah. now that you um are older and you've evolved, like it's it's like so. I don't know. It's beautiful. Um, I I know Daniel's like you got to check this out, and he showed yeah. me pictures, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Dude, I'm a fan. That that looks really, really cool, and it's really neat. Um, Chelsea, question for you is: I know you're in college. What are you studying? And like, like, what's your interest? Like, how how is that going for you? I guess. Oh yeah, so um, I'm studying um, education. So um, I want to be a second grade teacher, but I feel like it'll fluctuate as I uh, move into my program and I guess learn more about it. Uh, I'm kind of like open to anything, but I do definitely want to come back to my reservation and teach kids and um, kind of lean towards, I've been leaning more towards like an immersion school learning Mm. experience. Yeah. So it's more culture based, um, nothing like Western society education. Um, I just wish I had access to more things growing up. And I, I mean, I did at the same time, but I wish more students had that and that it was more of a common thing to like know your native language first before learning Spanish or nothing against Spanish, but it would be cool to have that option. Or even you have to know your native language to get into a university, not just any type of thing, Mm -hmm. something like that. That's just something I'm passionate about. And I love kids. I currently um, work part-time babysitting or like nannying a little one and a half year old. So um, kind of learning even homeschooling in that kind of sense, Um, Montessori learning. So it's kind of just like getting my foot in the door of becoming a teacher. So it's pretty cool. Nice. I think, and too, I did want to share a little bit, like, I think one thing that's really cool about, like, where you grew up on the Umatilla Reservation is how much, like, culture is very, like, instilled from, like, head start on up. Like, I remember seeing, like, um, posts from, like, because I follow the page, the tribal page, and they were posting about mm-hmm. how they would take their kids out, like, root digging or teaching them, like, mm-hmm. you know, Willesset songs or Washit songs, you know, and I think that's, like, a huge, huge, like, I think factor and like that plays into identity, especially for native people. And I feel like that's mm. something in Lapway that we didn't really have in our school systems. Like there were families that practiced, you know, traditional values and stuff, but, but in the school mm. systems or in like Western education, I feel like that's something that shouldn't be like an elective. It should be like a, 
you know, almost like a requirement. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's cool to see Lapway has changed so much since I've been in high school, though. Like, it's mm-hmm. so cool to see how much culture has like has an influence in the school system. But I mean, obviously, there's always room for improvement. But I think that's yeah. um, one thing I did want to share because our listeners too, some of our and for our listeners out there, you know, the Umatilla tribe and the Yakima tribe, the Nespers tribe, we're all like relative tribes. You know, our, we have very similar um, customs and languages and and different things like that. So it's where like um, they call them like sister tribes. So that's for our listeners out because sometimes our listeners don't even know like what tribes are in the area. So just yeah. got to put that out there that you know we yeah. we have yeah. very similar you know traditions and values and stuff. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, I love what you said about incorporating culture into education. Um, recently, Caldwell School District. So I'm from Caldwell, Idaho. Um, it mm-hmm. announced integrating like a mariachi. Musical component to their school that students can participate and be a part of. And that to me, like, you know, when I attended high school, we definitely didn't have that. We, you know, we barely, I felt like we barely had support from the uh, white staff uh, for Latino students. Like, one of the things we always talk about is how representation matters. And if Mm -hmm. you see people like yourself and your culture represented in a school, you feel more a a part of it, right? Mm And then there's correlation between feeling like you're a part of the community and finding success. So all that makes sense to me that, you know, if you go back to your to your res and then you teach all the kids and they see you um, and also as a teacher. Right. Because a lot of the times I didn't have Latino instructors, um, even when mm-hmm. I was in college, we did. But but almost like not right. Mostly it was majority um, white instructors. And that's not good or bad. But seeing yourself there just makes mm-hmm. all the difference. So I, I feel like that's going to be so amazing amazing for you to give back and you know be in community helping develop the future leaders one of the things i wanted to ask you both about because we're you know talking about you today is and our um our listeners are dying to find out is how did you two meet and then how did that relationship you know develop into what it is today um and then if you don't mind we definitely want to ask questions about photography and education um but what yes we want to look at like what a healthy happy young indigenous relationship looks like if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about it okay you want to start or me good <laughs> i'm like <laughs> um, it tells it the best. it's pretty res like it's not like <laughs> we just met each other and it was so romantic it was like we always kind of knew of each other um because I grew up playing basketball with his sister, Koyama, and she's a year older than me. And so I always knew his sister and a lot of people from Lapway. I always traveled basketball with a bunch of Lapway girls. So how I met him is through social media. He oh, would always hit me up and I'd just be like swiping, swiping, like, look, I don't even know him, you know, and... Then one time uh, he posted something and I slid up with hard eyes, like, you know, just being friendly. And <laughs> next week he asked me to go to my prom. And I, it, I was a senior, he was a junior. And I was like, why not? Like, if my dad says yes, because they hardly ever say yes. I was like, my dad says yes, I'm, I can come. And my dad said, yep, if you pay for your own gas, you can go. So, <laughs> and it was held in Lewiston or Clarkston? Yeah, Clarkston. Clarkston. Mm. Yes, that's how we met. That was our first meeting, first actually yeah. like, because we'd always see each other, but we never had never. the guts to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> how it started was prom. 
And then after that, we just kind of hit it off. Nice. That's how it goes. Sliding in those DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta shoot your sh- shoot or shoot, you know? Yeah. Never know until you shoot your shot. <laughs> it was the second year I was like trying to like, hey, what's up? You know, it was always just like, left on. I'm like, put this phone away. <laughs> I read hard work and uh, perseverance, you know, pays off. So yeah. This definitely, this definitely uh, speaks to that, I guess. <laughs> Just send a good morning. Hey, you yeah. awake? <laughs> <laughs> Touch me, we. <laughs> oh, I'll just embarrassing them. <laughs> um, just to talk a little bit about you know like healthy indigenous relationships and and practicing like traditional values and cultural activities. Um, how do you both balance like modern life and then like the preservation of traditional you know like practices within our culture and in in your relationship? Um, I can start. We both um, really want to be um, involved in our culture more so as adult, young adults, you know, so we have it down by the time, let's say we have kids or Mm -hmm. so we want to be like our best example, especially for our siblings and stuff. But one thing that we normally do that we stick to like traditionally is one of our traditions together is um, we go to the um, big river, the Columbia River, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. or we go fish there every summer and make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And we give all of our fish back to our families and make sure anybody else who needs fish canned mm-hmm. salmon that's like a kind of a big thing that we do to i guess be positive impactful people of our community but also to yeah. be a good example for other young couples mm-hmm. or young people mm-hmm. who you know do during the summer or want to do something you know healthy that's something yeah. that we do we also make sure we go pick berries in berries. august that's like a tradition yeah. like we're newly holding ourselves yeah, just accountable like two years ago we started doing that mm-hmm. we just, oh wow and then it's just only adding to like you know other little things like we'll go out and get now you know like Mm -hmm. it just stuff just keeps coming and make sure we're going to sweat or make sure you know we're taking time for ourselves even if we're having a bad day like usually we go jump in the river like that's Mm -hmm. something how we heal if we feel like you know we're not feeling good and it's kind Mm -hmm. of reflect to each other well what's wrong what do we need to do so go reset go take a plunge yeah yeah. That's usually what we do. <laughs> and I think that's also important, too, to highlight, like, you're practicing our treaty rights. You know, this is something that, obviously, the people before us fought for, for these rights to gather and mm-hmm. fish and hunt in our usual and accustomed places. I think that's pretty cool to see. I mean, I know a lot of people from, you know, both of our reservations practice those rights, but I feel like it's always cool to see, like, younger people. Because I feel like now, like, like those memes, like, we're the, you know, we're the aunties and uncles now. Like, it's true. Like, we are the ones that... <laughs> <laughs> that we see doing all that stuff growing up and now. So I, I think that's really cool and um, just very, I don't know. I, I feel like because coming from a native household you know a lot of times in our communities we don't see positive native relationships and when we do see them i feel like we don't i don't know maybe ask about them or try to get advice i mean you know i kind of grew up lucky with both my parents in my life and being them being together for like 800 years it feels like but i mean i know (laughs) my parents haven't always been like an easy road for them as well so it's like it's cool to see like you know just young healthy native couples and just i feel like it's gonna i think it's like inspires the youth obviously 
university too to like see people who are you know healthy and and similar backgrounds and stuff like yep. that i did have a follow-up question about um you know being true to culture and you know the activities you participate in um are those things that were passed down through your families and then that's like something that you wanted to continue to be a part of and actively participate in um and then question for you is so that's one question but the other question i have in latino culture maybe it's the same in yours sometimes there's well there's a lot of complexities with just culture and identity but um especially like latinos growing up in the u.s sometimes we assimilate which means like we move away from our culture sometimes that's like not keeping up with like the spanish language because i know a lot of people will forget how to speak spanish or intentionally mm-hmm. decide to forget the language um and then there's also cultural you know things that we participate in with the family or just cultural obligations and expectations and it seems like pretty often in these days and i won't generalize to everybody but even just thinking about my own family you can start to see that more where people are forgetting culture they're assimilating and practicing things that normally would not be what the culture right participates in or does and um so question is i guess do your did your families pass that down and you wanted to continue those practices and then did you ever find a moment where you were maybe deviating from cultural expectations and how did you decide to keep on track uh with staying true to culture or like maybe integrating both both thoughts into like how you participate, I guess, or engage with the community. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, but I mean, take from it what you will and maybe answer whatever you want. I, <laughs> I, I kind of have like a, like an answer for both. Um, I was all grew up on the river. Like my dad, that was something we always practiced. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I had a privilege of always having um, access to that, whether my aunties and uncles had scaffolds and nets, like we'd always have uh, access to fishing like that. Not mm-hmm. a lot of kids get experience that way of fishing. Yeah. So that's just how I grew up and I introduced it to him and he's a tribal member. He has rights. So I was like, let's go down there and, you know, kill him. And so that's kind of <laughs> yeah. how we started uh, fishing, um, kind of making it. It's just like a fun thing we get to do and it's an honor mm-hmm. that we get to do that. Together. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of it. And then assimilation is crazy because I feel like we're fighting it like every day. Like mm-hmm. it's so right? hard. I try to make sure I at least speak the language as much as I can. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, catch myself, you know, correcting myself or like making sure I'm implementing language as much as I, I can, especially teaching a young um, toddler. Like I'm primarily speaking to me So um, that's something I do, but I feel like with assimilation, we kind of feel like we caught ourselves early on living together young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to cook for ourselves. Like we yeah. love to chef up. So we realized, you know, we don't want to, nothing wrong with res meals or, you know, mm-hmm. poor man meals sometimes that's what you got but we wanted to catch our fish and you know store it for the winter and eat healthy year long because we we can we have such a privilege to go and get our own food we have these rights so we try to stick to game meat and you know eating really healthy as as much as possible sometimes we'll go buy chicken you know dress but i think that's like our personal way of um staying connected to culture is through our food Mm -hmm. anything else you gotta say yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) what question she didn't ask fighting culture like and losing then, it. yeah and then what brought me back because i feel uh when i was younger um my mom took us to spokane for like four years and this is in the middle of like when like you know everyone's learning how to hunt fish in mm-hmm. like you know culture 
it's getting like you know loaded on them by whoever it may be but at this time mm -hmm. like I, I was on you know so i came back and all my friends already got their first kill you know caught their first salmon you know all this mm -hmm. stuff and I'm, I'm just late to the show you know just now learning this fresh but um for people out there i'd just be like you just gotta keep you know learning and yeah just keep learning there's people out there who yeah. want to yeah, teach yeah i want to teach and then mm -hmm. yeah it just it's never mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah now now <laughs> like we're still learning like we're yeah. not perfect in like sometimes we mess up sometimes you know we catch ourselves not setting or accomplishing our goals that we have but we're just always you know keeping our eye on that like mm -hmm. that's what we want especially yeah. being adults we have time it isn't too late mm -hmm. um even if we're already parents like we're gonna still be learning with our kids mm -hmm. like it's just constant you know um holding yourself accountable yeah. constantly that's the main thing well, is holding you accountable <laughs> yeah i think that's important to to highlight too is like it's never too late to learn you know i feel like sometimes especially in our communities we have people who are gatekeepers or people who mm -hmm. feel like they don't want to teach you things but like even for me at like 30 years old like getting back into like learning more longhouse ways and stuff like that you know i grew mm -hmm. up in the church so I, like and the only time i'd ever had to go to longhouse stuff is when i had to go to mish to go visit my family over there for like services or whatever so i wouldn't do that a whole lot here in lapway but when i'd go over there so i wasn't like familiar like super familiar with it and like i think that's been one of like the biggest like i feel like healing things as like a native person is like getting back yeah. to those ways that are like you know pre like western yeah. everything so i feel like yeah. it's been a really big like eye opener and like really good for like mental health and everything and i think that's mm -hmm. that's pretty cool that you mentioned that like it's never too late to learn i think that's one of the biggest things too especially for some of our listeners because i've had a few listeners who are native reach out to me and be like you know like where do i start like i'm you know i'm this but where do i i'm like shoot just start where you feel like you need to i don't know you yeah. know i can't tell you how to live your life no but yep. um <laughs> i just think yeah i think that's something that's really what should be like highlighted especially is just it's never too late to learn or get back to those things yeah. because we were forced not to be like who we were so it's not like it's not our fault you know so yeah yeah, yeah. and now a word from our sponsors Hey there, beauty enthusiasts. Looking to level up your lash game? Look no further than Shay's Beauty Lab, owned by the incredibly talented Shaylee Bisbee and indigenous lash artist extraordinaire. Shaylee's passion for enhancing natural beauty shines through in every lash extension she creates. Whether you're into classic or crave that mega volume drama, Shay's got you covered with the latest techniques and top-notch products. Elevate your beauty routine with Shay's Beauty Lab, located in Lewiston, Idaho. Book your appointment today by visiting Shay's Beauty Lab on Instagram and follow the booking link in the bio. Shay's Beauty Lab, where every lash tells a story. This awesome time is brought to you by Shay's Beauty Lab, our season six sponsor. Hola amigos, ¿están cansados de pasar sus fines de semanas luchando con zacate rebelde y arbustos descontrolados? Pues no se preocupen más. Les presentamos a Gomez Sprinklers Landscape and Maintenance LLC, su solución integral para todas sus necesidades. Desde el mantenimiento del zacate hasta el diseño de jardines, la instalación de sistemas de riego y todo lo que viene con jardinería. Tenemos todo cubierto en inglés y en español. Y con nuestro equipo experto y servicios completos pueden relajarse y disfrutar de sus oasis sin levantar un dedo. Además, servimos las áreas de Caldwell, Nampa, Boise y el Valle de Tesoro. Así que donde sea que estén, estamos aquí para servirles. Entonces, 
Gutiérrez. ¿Por qué esperar? Llámanos al 208-671-7740 para programar su servicio y recibir un presupuesto hoy mismo. Gómez Sprinklers Landscape and Maintenance LLC, donde sus sueños se hacen realidad. Este momento fantástico es presentado por Gómez Sprinklers Landscape and Maintenance LLC, nuestros patrocinadores de la temporada 6. I really resonate with with that uh, particular topic because I think growing up too, people try to box you in and who you should be based off of like your you know culture, religion, identity, mm-hmm. whatever. And that in itself is also like difficult and challenging to navigate because you know when you're young you're still figuring yourself out and i guess one of the things i would add to that is it's important to lean in into your culture and feel and do what is like what feels natural to you what feels Mm -hmm. good to you but also Mm -hmm. not letting anyone try to define you to say like if you don't do this then you're not this identity you know what i mean like there's there's that fine line of like (laughs) shaming others and putting others down for trying to lean into the identity but with where they're at um in their like life journey (laughs) Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then also just, you know, saying like, yeah, I'm whatever I'm doing, I'm good enough to be part of that community in the way that I'm showing up. So I, I guess that's another component I wanted to touch on. Another relationship mm-hmm. question I have for you both before we switch into uh, asking you both about photography and education is can you share any advice or insight for other young indigenous or even Latino couples who may be navigating similar journeys of cultural preservation within their relationship. Yeah, I just feel like find something that, you know, connects you to. Like ours is, you know, fishing. Like I feel like being outdoors. Yeah, being outdoors. And then a lot of it is fishing, but a lot of it is giving as well. So Mm -hmm. like that's what to give you know fish salmon what or salmon berries just to provide yeah just give and that's that makes us feel good something we do together and i feel like that's something other people can find i guess Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and touching up i would say um yeah relationships are hard like it's not even perfect you know Mm. i don't believe anybody's relationships are perfect Mm -hmm. everyone has their internal battles i have mine he has his and uh we always try to like be positive to each other be someone that we can lean on and through that it's mainly like we are common interest and so we always try to go back to that even being together almost five years this month wow. it'll, it's yeah five years yeah. it's crazy wow <laughs> but in that like i always go back to when we first started dating and you know all, all we obviously like the butterflies and the being so shy around each other but we always meditated together that was like something we do together kind of connected us oh, cool. going over go on hiking and so I always go back to that and like what we both um, how we grew up and what we both I guess our morals our our common interests going outside and we kind of try to always stick to those roots that kind of brought us together and because I can when we're not doing that we're we're fighting or we're just not getting along so we have to always go back to like you know why do I love you? <laughs> That's pretty much. Dang, you guys are dropping knowledge bombs here. Yeah. Daniel, when was the last time you felt butterflies? 
Hey, 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 hey. I'm, uh, that's none of your business. <laughs> uh, last weekend, <laughs> during roundup. <laughs> uh, no, no, thanks, thanks for sharing that. I know um, we had we did like you said we had different uh, topics we wanted to cover all within you know our time here. And I know so this question goes for Pox. Um, what initially inspired you to pick up a camera and start capturing you know these moments? Uh, so it wasn't really inspiration at the time. It was just like something that happened, I guess. Uh, like, cause I broke my uh, thumb and it was, it was freshman year. I broke my thumb playing football and then uh, basketball came and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it no more. Like I was playing like two games on a broken thumb, <laughs> but I couldn't do it. And so I went to the doctors and they're like, oh, surgery next day. So I'm like, well, no basketball. And they're like, oh, you can be manager. And I was like, <laughs> hell that. I was like, nah. You know, it's like, sitting on the bench. Yeah, like, I, I tried it, but I, yeah, this thing for me. And uh, luckily, I did that. And then uh, we were—I was watching the basketball game in the stands, and someone's like taking pictures, and they—they they had to leave, and they handed the camera back to me. I was like, "All right, I'll check this out," you know. And I was just like sitting there taking pictures. I was like, "Oh, damn, it's really fun," you know. And then I remember I took like one not blurry picture. I'm not gonna say it's good. It was one not blurry. Like, oh my god, this is so good! And then like ever since then. <laughs> Like, I just kept going with it, like up late, yeah. studying photography. Yeah. yeah, like I think a lot of it was just like people supporting me on doing something. But yeah, that, that was it. That's interesting. That's pretty. That's a good way to get into photography. Sitting there on the bench, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Yeah. So I have a follow up. <laughs> I have a follow up to that. How does and we've talked about it a little bit, but how does your cultural background influence like your photography style and like subject matter? Like how does that? Yeah. I guess, how do you use that to be the photographer you, you are? Yeah. So I did this one project. It was like, what was it? We kind of like recreated like old like pictures, but in a modern mm. way. I thought mm. that was really cool because it's something I've always wanted to do. And then uh, Kellen came to me with like this cool ass idea. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, man, can you do this? And I was like, no, no, like no effing way. You know, <laughs> like I've been wanting to do this for a long time. <laughs> I did this photo shoot and it was like my first like big studio shoot because we used to have like a, a shop. So I set up all my studio stuff and everything and we get we get done with it and i was like dude that was like that was like one of the most fun i've ever had like just to be able to mm. oh that's cool yeah you know like just creating like with an other ar- artists and like cool models you know like it was mm-hmm. it was just such a blast and yeah the work came out amazing and you're kind of yeah. s- sorry being really based right there yeah yeah and then that's what like the first time i was kind of i mean i've like took pictures of, like people in regalia and stuff but like that's yeah. pretty I mean, yeah a lot of people do that but that was like our, my first time like doing something i would say meaningful uh, i guess you know, like a big problem. Mm-hmm. really meaningful but lately i've been getting into um uh underwater. yeah like uh, underwater pictures for like salmon and i have a few projects i have in mind that i'm working on still that i will not oh, share cool. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, just like uh going underwater and like just capturing uh salmon and yeah. stuff yeah. in their life they're becoming extinct and that's just something i'm very uh passionate, passionate about yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. you're in there just right next you're underwater next to them just swimming with them <laughs> yeah not even scared <laughs> yeah. uh, i'll run into that? daniel in the run into daniel shirtless on the beach I'll <laughs> shirtless <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'll take a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> all covered up. <laughs> no, I did want to talk a little bit about though too because you were featured on Good Morning America for your photography. How did that come yeah. apart? Like, how did that? You know, that was pretty cool. I think that's like that's a huge platform mm-hmm. to be on. So, how did that come right. apart? And like, what was that experience like for you? Ah, uh, so that all came apart because uh, I got invited to a National Geographic photo camp, the mm-hmm. alumni camp. It's like there's, I think there's like sixteen camps or something like. I might be wrong, but there's camps all around the world they do. And me and mm-hmm. Chelsea actually went to in Willow, um Yeah, Willow. Yeah, yeah. Willow, like two summers ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I randomly. What's crazy about this story is because uh, it was at the Longhouse, the Longhouse in Willow, and I do I do solar panels, and we're over there taking or no, we were installing or installing or taking solar panels off. I don't know either or no, we were installing. Yes, this is lately. We're installing solar panels this last summer, and then. Um, I took a break because it's hotter than hell out there. And I got an email and it said, you are invited to National Geographic Alumni Camp. And I was like, what? And I clicked on it and it was like, had like the whole breakdown of everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. So I called Chelsea. like, hey, like I just got invited back. And I was like, did you get the email? Because we both went. And she's like, no. But anyways, <laughs> going on, it's like. They- got invited back. <laughs> yeah. but they- 16 people and there's like tons mm-hmm. of camps and like hundreds and, and thousands of students. And the I was- theme was cultural photographers, huh? Like mostly all the photographers had um, an ethnic background yeah, yeah. or some yeah, type yeah. of you know minority or ethnicity mm-hmm. around the world and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. It was it was cool. Yeah. And then going with that, and I was like, oh damn, this is cool, you know. But leading up, probably two weeks before that, I get another email, and it's like, uh, "Good morning, America." Big captions. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, hey, this is so and so, and it was like I was cc'd in the email with like some people I knew from the photo camp. And they're like, hey, uh, we want you. Like, we nominated you to, like, you know, speak for the photo camp and this and that. And I was like, uh, and I didn't, I didn't respond to that email for, like, a week and a half. I was like, I am. <laughs> I'm, like, super scared in front of camera. Like, I can't be in front of the camera. Like, I'm way better behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i was just sitting there thinking like for the first like three four days i was just sitting there thinking like should i do it should i do it and then finally i, I told chelsea and she's like yeah i do it like what are you talking about and i was like i don't know to do it you know and then i was just talking to people about it and finally i said i was like well you know no one who who gets this opportunity you know yeah like, yeah like me like like someone mm-hmm. that looks like me like you know who who gets this opportunity i was like obviously it's supposed to you know, it's supposed to be me. It's supposed mm-hmm. to happen. Yep. I click it. I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And then got there, did the interview. It was like a 15 minute interview. And it was like on one of your last days of that alumni camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the last days I did it. And my mom made like this badass. Uh, she made me a badass Pendleton. She's been making me it for a while, but she finished it right before. And I was like, fuck yeah. I'm literally showing it <laughs> yeah. on the way to the airport. <laughs> oh, oh. <my. laughs> yeah. Interview. yeah. So I, I was like, she's like, oh yeah, I just want you to wear it over there. I was like, all right, but I was like, fuck it, I'm wearing my the interview that shit with mm-hmm. badass. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Shit, yeah. He yeah. also had a underneath he had a breach the dam shirt. Yeah, the breach the dam oh. shirt. I wanted that shirt. Yeah. But the penalty was covered the whole time. So I needed it to <laughs> like some anti custom made it for him just because they knew he was gonna be on TV. Yeah. And then it oh. doesn't even know. I know. I, I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel <laughs> Daniel at the at the river just yeah. Yeah. breach the dams. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's how all that came. 
and and but prior to that like i was like you know i was like i don't think i should be doing this and i don't know what i'm gonna talk about they're gonna ask me about like what are, what projects are you doing or you know like mm-hmm. what's your main interest because i before that like i didn't know you know what what my purpose in photography was is it's always just like someone wants pictures and i go there and i take you know pictures and i mean that's that but yeah, that's very yeah it's not a job but it's like like good for like them like i know it's mm-hmm. good for them and like, you know that's their memories i'm capturing that's good but yeah. like for me personally i'm like like i needed like what am i doing you know for myself i yeah. asked myself that and i got hired for a job and it was i wasn't gonna say yeah because it was last minute but this is a week before the, the nat. nat geo camp and it was a uh-huh. salmon and orc uh kind of deal mm-hmm. like they're so they're talking about this topic and like literally just sitting there throwing information at me you know what i mean <laughs> like this is what to speak about yeah, pretty much that's how I, yeah and i was like okay well now i know what i'm gonna do and i got home that week and for then sure. yeah and then it all kind of clicked together and then my cam- my camera case came in i ordered it like a few weeks before that and it came in like that monday or something mm-hmm. and i was like oh fuck i'm gonna go take some pictures of fish and so like <laughs> it, before the camp like everything just like mm-hmm. you know lined worked out and talk yeah yeah and randomly boom boom boom, boom and then that's what i spoke about and it, i just feel like something like that like gave me the confidence to like you know talk about something like i'm not mm-hmm. just sitting there like yep. i'm a photographer you know <laughs> but like it, you know identity and everything else came with that mm-hmm. with, yeah. with sam it was cool i think too like one of the biggest like i like the huge impact that had is like you're on this national like tv show right that's like across everyone in the u.s has this and you like even was speaking our language like for the fact that our language was on like a national programming uh-huh. like that was cool i think i'm like you know people just think like our languages are extinct or we don't exist no more mm-hmm. or we don't live in this modern world or whatever as native people and i thought like i don't know i just th- i just always think it's really cool to see like natives you know doing big things like that so i definitely mm-hmm. you know felt all just gee i know him hey <laughs> <laughs> it's all proud. Yeah. Daniel's all yeah, at home. Proud. I know him all. <laughs> oh, he took my my pictures for my thirtieth birthday. <laughs> oh, funny! Switching gears a little bit, um, we wanted to ask Chelsea a little bit about her experience in college. So, to clarify, Chelsea, what institution are you currently attending? I'm currently online at Northwest and in college. Okay. Um, and so I'm transferring back to my home state in Oregon. Um, okay. That's like my short term goals or plans right now. But I've been to a lot of colleges since I started college. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Good. There's no <laughs> name I mean, There's no. Um, reason why not to right the world is the world is full of opportunities and actually this question i have for you relates to your experience at a tribal college but i wanted to ask what unique opportunities or resources does attending a tribal college offer you that you may not find at another institution um personally uh i my first quarter i took was last quarter so fall and I had a a storytelling class and for me I thought it was like based on the normal college classes I'm used to I thought it was gonna be like a lot of uh homework a lot of speeches Mm -hmm. written critique but it was an actual like storytelling class so we just read stories and then we would just talk and tell stories as like a class and it was so natural and uh, kind of tradition because you know like a lot of native men are good speakers especially ones in the longhouse and my teacher was Andre Picard and he's a big guy in the house talks a lot you know good speaker so it was kind of casual just watching someone who knows how to speak and um I like speaking but it's I feel like it's cool to learn through other people and their stories you know our our cultural stories so that was cool um they also just 
have a lot of sco- more scholarships um, offers. Um, I feel like I get a lot of one-on-one help from my teachers and then yeah. even just the people based on campus. I could literally Facebook message them and be like, I have a question and they'll just message me back. Like, <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Like, they're like, just message me on Facebook. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've, I've never messaged my, you know, teachers on Facebook. Community <laughs> and uh, it's easy access, like so different. Yeah. With with your classmates, uh, when I went to college, I was primarily the uh, many of the times in my classes, I was like the only Latino where there was very few of us there. And anytime like a question happened and I try to answer through like the way I see the world, which is through my Latino lens, I'd get a lot of like follow up questions from the non Latino people in the classroom. And it always it didn't put me on the edge, but it felt like I was representing the entire Latino community. Um, and that's a big, big burden to put on like one year young college student right but um is have you ever had any of those instances i mean i'm sure you can relate because you attended wazoo or you know another college that wasn't a tribal Mm -hmm. college but yeah can can you speak a little bit on that is it the same is it different yeah um i would say like even because i went to asu my freshman year so I went everywhere, okay. but I was in Phoenix or Tempe and a lot of people were kind of woke, I guess it was 2018 fall time. Um, so they kind of knew not to, I guess, trigger me in some ways, but they also just see me like a lot of people perceive me as white passing. So I kind of slid under the radar, but we did an mm-hmm. assignment that was about, um, I think it was about, it was a written assignment about native, the impacts of something on native communities. And so I did a whole thing on it, t- basically giving them a lot of how I grew up mm-hmm. and all the questions all of them like it did open a door and I was like okay like this is this is just how I grew up like you <laughs> know brave. not ever up with this you know not all natives live in projects break pride I'm like and I had to explain like the reservation like I'm just from one reservation there's multiple yeah. reservations so they know mm-hmm. what a reservation was so I was just like look it up like educate yourself like this isn't for me yep. you know but yeah that was kind of my take on that and it was really weird actually being like that usually in high school I went to a predominantly white high school like small town school and I was always having to like fight them like when I spoke up and stuff like no that's not right or you know sticking up for my people but at ASU it was more like yeah they just wanted to know they're really genuinely yeah. curious but yeah and and that ASU community, there is a lot of tribal like communities mm-hmm. out there too, right? So I, I feel like it's more like ingrained in the culture. I mean, at least I felt that way when mm-hmm. I visited Phoenix. up here in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Daniel that um, in fourth grade Idaho history, I played Chief Joseph in a play. <laughs> 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 they saw the one brown kid and they're like, we're going to make you. Yeah. <laughs> You're Chief Joseph. <laughs> and I and I was like, I, I was like, see, yo. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, I'm Joseph. Uh, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> um you know that like those kind of things like i it's just not engraved it's so um mm-hmm. bizarre to think that there is so many indigenous communities here in the state of idaho what are we at five daniel six um oh, tribes yeah um quarter kalispell shoban and what else am i missing okay 
They're about yeah, five. It's about five, yeah. Yeah, five-ish, four-ish. Um, and that's, you know, that, that history is not taught right. You're, mm-hmm. you know, what we learned was the pilgrims came and, you know, and, yeah. and you learned that they, the communities here wanted to share the heart. <laughs> you know, that's that's the story they sell you until you, like, learn more and, and actually, like, have friends and learn about um, history. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that I, I feel like that's always been, like, a rough part of education. It's helping to, I guess, share about your culture so really speak on the things that are true that are uh, really relevant to your community versus just the stereotypes that you're trying to fight off and not listen to because Mm -hmm. and that's hard in itself and I'm glad you mentioned that it's not your it's not your obligation to teach anyone about the communities like people really should be out there and learning and Google's free we say that we say that to everybody all the time (laughs) Google's free Um, and if you want to learn about our communities then pay us Uh, you want to learn about our you want to you want my expertise as a real person living in the community pay me and i will I, you know compensate me mm-hmm. for my time my knowledge and yet, sure we can sit down and have a discussion about it but also i don't represent the whole community and i'm glad that you you know same mindset here on that um mm-hmm. another question i have for you chelsea is how do you balance your academic studies and your cultural responsibilities and community engagement because i from what i know you're busy you're a busy bee uh daniel hey. shared some of the things that you're both involved in and it sounds like a lot so how how do you manage um I, f- I feel like it's hard. I feel like for school, like my academic uh, life, I'm a I'm a person who likes planners. I like calendars. I'm I'm super nerdy. Like I'm a school person. I love school. So that stuff kind of keeps me organized and on track. Everything else kind of just falls in place. Um, I'm not perfect though. Like there's time. There's things I miss. There's stuff I skip out on. I'll just stay home, you know. But I really try to, I guess, keep it balanced. Like okay, I've been doing this much school. I need a break. You know, I I need to go spend time with them, or I need to make a trip back home, or just do something. Thing, I guess culturally based even if it's just cooking at home you know that's like a lot of mm-hmm. my self-care cooking giving to others cooking for people yeah and I like making cake so it, there's always someone's birthday on the wrist so I try to like make <laughs> yeah. cake. I just really try to stay balanced with everything that I love and that's mainly giving back to people or making people feel like loved but, yeah that's the native way <laughs> yeah um you know i think that that's pretty good spot for us to kind of wrap things up um to move on to our next segment i just want to say thank you both again for your time today and your knowledge and your perspective i just think you know i just i'm just a big fan of you both i think you guys are just really good people so i'm just excited Mm -hmm. to finally have you on the podcast and um i guess that will lead us into our language lesson like every episode we do in the brown sound we always do our language lesson so today's uh phrase we thought we'd teach people is i am tired because i feel like being tired is a part of my personality now um <laughs> so how to say i am tired in Nespers in the Nespers language is just ilatwasa ilatwasa say it Ilat- again ilatwasa 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 I'm like this is this is so unfair because there's just some sounds my tongue just you know like and then whenever I share the Spanish equivalent Daniel can like easily breeze through it and I'm like this is, this is not fair. Uh, okay. So say it again one more time. Ilatwisa. Ilatwisa. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
In Spanish, we would say if remember, so if you're male or you identify as male, you end it with O. If you identify as female, it's A. But you would say estoy cansado o estoy cansada. Estoy cansado. Muy estoy cansada. Wait, say it one more time. <laughs> es, estoy cansado o estoy cansada. Yeah, oh. Estoy cansada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you say estoy, estoy cansado. cansado there you go yeah there that's good go. that's good there you go he's like estoy oh, cansado I'm just kidding yeah <laughs> alright y'all well we're at the part of the episode where we participate in our Shades of Brown Shady Question segment so if this is your first time listening at home <laughs> uh, this is how the game is played we ask three challenging questions that can sometimes land you in the hot seat um, and depending on how you answer you know there's some finesse you may not be in the hot seat i don't know <laughs> three questions today we all have to answer absolutely two we can skip one and if we're brave we answer all three but i will i will go over our three questions we usually have our guests go first so pox chelsea you decide who will go first um and daniel and i will also answer question one who is the ugliest person you know and why Wow. Question two, what is the worst job you've ever had? Oh. And three, what artist would you guess is the most listened to? So basically, you're going to judge the rest of us and guess what artist they listen to the mm. most. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of shade in that, depending <laughs> on how you answer. But there's a lot of shade in those questions. She gets them. <laughs> who wants who wants to go first? Daniel. You can interpret it however you can interpret it however you'd like and answer however you want. And remember you have one to skip. So this is the one you want to skip, you can totally do that. Can I, a, can you repeat the questions? <laughs> yes. What was the second right, one? So so let's start with question uh question one is who is the ugliest person you know and why? <laughs> Worst job you've ever had, and what artist would you guess is the most listened to by each of the people here on the episode today? Um, She's already in the hot seat. I'll, I'll skip the first one. I can't think about even a good one. Um, the second okay. one, I can end. Um, and you don't have to say what job. You can say why if you want to. Okay. Usually we, we, you know, we, Daniel and I were like, I'm not going to say the name, but I'll say why. You yeah. know I mean? And people know. and people can just insinuate who I'm yeah. guessing, you know. Yeah, people fill in the blanks uh, on who you're talking about. <laughs> I had this one job where uh, I don't know if it was like the no tips one or no, I'll just say one. I won't say uh, the name of it, but uh, I don't know. Just say it. I'm not gonna say no. it. But it was a, a really grueling job. Like I was always on my feet, bussing tables, doing all that, uh, mm -hmm. setting tables, bringing out food. I basically didn't have like a actual job description. I just did everything thing that they told me mm. um polishing glasses that stuff was like dude especially mm. like it would be like my hands would be hurting and then i it was the first or the only first restaurant restaurant job i had that didn't tip tip out all the workers so i didn't i did oh, all wow. that oh minimum wow. wage yeah, minimum wage so it wow. was just, 
it was awful. I felt like I wasn't appreciated. You know, just like all the worst yeah. things about a job. They don't mm-hmm. appreciate yep. me enough. To me. Um, why should I even go this hard? Because I was going hard. And then I just, it kind of just didn't add up. And I was like, I'm over this place. <laughs> like, yeah. Was, I was like always sore. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And then if you had to guess which artist we listen to the most, each of us here today, what would you say for each of us, Chelsea? Shoot. Um, I'll say Nicki Minaj for Daniel. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And then I'd say, hmm, I don't know. You'll just pick someone Spanish. (laughs) 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 she's like Kubo fear me (laughs) (laughs) and then Pox I would say Daniel Caesar for sure Mm, ooh okay I like that okay Pox same questions to you who is the ugliest person you know and why (laughs) that's the worst job you've ever had and then what artist would you guess is the most listened to by each of us that's not that first question (laughs) 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 I can't answer out saying the name (laughs) (laughs) what they look like (laughs) oh but you do have one though right Not all the time, man. Um, Just kidding. Worst job you've ever had? Worst job I ever had. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Luckily, I haven't had too many, like, shitty jobs. Oh, must be nice. (laughs) I guess the pay was good. The 6 a.m. or 5 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, I used to... Oh, I did this under-the-table job. Actually, it's pretty shitty. Um, I was was young. I was still in high school, but uh, they're like... I was over in uh, Yakima. My dad's like, hey, you trying to make some money? I was like, yeah, let's make some money. And... (laughs) I could hook you up with anyways he's like yeah you're gonna work in a fireworks stand i was like oh that's cool get to hang out chill out with people say what's up <laughs> sisters were doing it like before me and i was like oh yeah that'd be cool and anyways to get there and it's like the warehouse part of it like i was packing boxes uh... <laughs> dropping, <laughs> dropping the fireworks off to everyone you know chilling i'm sitting dripping sweat like in a bro sweat in my ass like... <laughs> and then, and first, they... first labor time <laughs> 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 They told me I was going to get paid like um, 700 bucks at like the end of the week or something like that. And they gave me like 300 bucks in like a pack of food. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, That makes sense. What about which artist would you guess each of us is a top listen to artist? Hmm. <laughs> Start with those guys. Start with yeah. uh, Daniel. <laughs> Probably some like Keith Sweat or uh, Genuine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Pretty, pretty Ricky. (laughs) Oh, baby bash. Yeah. (laughs) Javier, I don't know. Good one. Just a good artist. Like Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs) Just pick all Latino artists for me. Selena Gomez, Bad Bunny. Yeah, yeah Bad Bunny. I mean, that's true. That? That's true. What about and Chelsea? Chelsea Parks is a... oh, oh, nice. Yeah, she's definitely a good artist. She's the it's one like who's singing. Uh, uh, she need a big boy on SNL. That was her, right? Yeah, that was a good song. Yeah, but she has be- she has other better songs than that too, though. <laughs> that wasn't a yeah, real song. Just, I'm like snooze. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the All right, Daniel. album. No. 
Um, who's the ugliest person I know and why? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's such a. I'm. You know what? I feel like. So who's the ugliest person that I know and why? Um, I'm not gonna say their name, but I'm gonna say they are. They have a very ugly spirit. Um, I don't not base it off of looks. I think this person is just. They've treated me horrible in in this last job that I had, and I just think you know karma. You know does its job and so i'm gonna say that um the worst job i've ever had i would probably say my i wouldn't say it was my job like the job itself was the worst job but i think it's the people that i worked for in my last mm. job um yeah. very manipulative very weird and very much drama um that's so you, people can if people know where my last job was before the radio station they'll know who i worked for um and what artist would i guess the most listened to? okay so i'm gonna say javi would be i'm gonna say you listen to, i feel like you listen to a lot of pitbull or if you're like doing english should be like the killers obviously i know oh that. yeah definitely the killers yeah um for, yeah. for chelsea i was gonna say um lady gaga say tia wood listening to roundies no i i my thought it's funny because you said scissor because that's who i was gonna say is probably SZA or like I feel like Summer Walker is also another artist um for Pox I was just thinking probably nothing but Pump Jam guy so <laughs> I was like my key sweat or um pretty ricky uh no no I think um Pox I was thinking more of like um oh oh Giveon. I feel like Giveon's also a good artist that you might. I don't know. I just was. I always feel like Giveon reminds me of like uh, Trey Miles too. Like he always bumping Giveon all <laughs> sad guy cruising. <laughs> Still your best. <laughs> That's always a good ass song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, chick. I was just listening to him like this past yeah. week, like nonstop. It's a good. He's a good artist. I like listening to Giveon too. Talking his Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw on your Spotify Wrapped or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now I know what music to use though for your for when we advertise. <laughs> All right, so my turn. Um, who's the ugliest person you know and why? I think same. There's been like I, I agree with Daniel. I feel like it's more like a personality like type of thing. Like if we can see your heart through how you treat people, I think that you know that says a lot about you uh worst job i've ever had uh it's respectable work but i was just not strong for manual labor uh so i <laughs> i probably pick doing like field work or like even like doing landscaping work i i did go out with family i did go with my my dad's a landscaper by trade um he has his own business in that but uh you know he'll call my brothers before he calls me <laughs> <laughs> rightfully no, so well and I, I help with the administrative paperwork <laughs> you know what i mean like i help we all help with what we can you know what I mean? yeah. like, yeah. um, you're doing like, all the social I, media I, <laughs> I work in an office setting and one of the days i got off work i i was having dinner with my dad and i'm like oh dad i'm so tired and he's like why you just sit in an office all day with pc what do you got to be tired about <laughs> Like, oh, oh. dad, mine's like a mental exhaustion. <laughs> <Yeah. not> a... <laughs> 
But I mean that that taught me really quick how privileged I was about working. And then, um, what artist would you guess is the most listened to feature your host today, Daniel? I would say like secretly, maybe you like listen to the Spice Girls or something. Is that? I'm like who? <laughs> He's all Danny Spice. Just kidding. Um, uh, oregano. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic powder. You're all. You're like I'm indigenous spice. You're yeah. like well, all the spices in there. <laughs> oh, just dried corn. <laughs> um, I feel like Pox might listen to. Who's the guy who sings that chicken fried song and a little bit of chicken fried? That guy. Oh, is that, that Zach Brown Band? Right? Is yeah, it? Zach yeah. Brown yeah. Band. yeah. Pox, yeah, yes, no, you. What's up, you? He's all random country moods. He's like, that's why we had fried chicken last night. And then, um, Chelsea, I feel like maybe you enjoy like i'm trying to think of old school song like cheetah girls do you listen to like, cheetah girls oh, you you... <laughs> she's like oh na 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 she's all i wasn't that cheetah girl i was the other one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Um, for the record i'm surprised you know who they were like because i you know that's like from my time like old school disney channel movies yeah obviously daniel knew who that was well i'm younger than you and i grew up in that same time too so, so uh, yeah are you so are you considered a millennial daniel i feel like i'm in between am i not are you? No, I don't know. We I... got to look that up. So, oh. what generation are you two, Pox and Chelsea? Are you Gen? Well, can you define them again? Because I grew up with this yeah, older. I, so I feel like I'm. She's like, here. she's like, I'm conservative Republican. She's <laughs> 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 oh. all. I voted red hat. No, yeah. what? We're all up. Gonna have to scrap this episode now. <laughs> nah, yeah. <just> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So according to um, a quick Google search, um, so it looks like millennials were born between. Oh wait, this doesn't. Is are millennials Generation X or Y? What's Gen Z? Generation Y. Oh wait, here we go. Uh, millennials generation y are uh, were born between 1980 and 1994 and then generation oh. z was born between 1995 and 2009 so, so is gen... that you both generation z yeah yeah i'm gen z, gen I, z. I don't think that though gen z. Yeah. like millennial like y i guess yeah, yeah. millennial y <laughs> and then gen alpha is uh anyone born between 2010 through, through 2024 i wonder who comes up with this like who gets to yeah. decide <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like who cut <laughs> Though, right? <laughs> uh, don't box me into a generation. I can be whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I identify as 21. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I'm uh, when I'm boozing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, let's. So well, I think I we're like at the part of the episode. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> like if you watch Degrassi, that's where the cutoff is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, did you know like, Drake? Hey. Did you know Drake before the wheelchair or after? <laughs> <laughs> that's all we need to know, honestly. That's two generations <laughs> yeah. Drake before and after. Um, um, all right, guys. So last <laughs> closing, closing, and last thoughts. Um, first of all, Pox and Chelsea, thank you again so much for coming mm-hmm. on to the Brown Sound. Thank yeah, you for getting vulnerable with us thank you for um just being authentically you and sharing more on like yourselves and one of the things we we really strive to do here at the brown sound is highlight different perspectives of the brown experience our our focus is to uplift um spotlight latino and indigenous uh representation in all in all forms of you know um identities i guess we we have people here who are walking down different paths have um excelled careers in different industries um and are going to college um you know are traditional or not traditional but the big thing we're trying to, to point out here and spotlight is that latino and indigenous people are not all the same we are mm. different we all have different viewpoints we all have different experiences and we all have so much to contribute and we are we are out there mm-hmm. doing it and so i just love that both of you were able to come in and share a little bit on your perspective you're always welcome to come back at the brown sound um and you know thank you for for indulging us in the language lesson and participating in the shady questions because they were a little bit hard today. Um, <laughs> very hard. <laughs> um, and... They're always <laughs> but um, yes, any last thoughts from any of you before we wrap it up? Um, breach the dam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for having us. Yeah. It's an honor to be on here. Um, you guys are doing great work. And it's really cool to be asked to be part of it and to mm-hmm. be speaking with people like you who are representing, you know, representation does matter. And I feel like that's just a constant, you know, theme that we should carry on. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, Let Well, I guess that's a good way to wrap it up. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. Also, if you you, you know if this is your first time listening and you like what you hear subscribe to us on instagram and or spotify and apple Podcasts, and that's you know once you subscribe or follow you'll never miss an episode also yep. javi wanted to announce that we are officially on tiktok now so <laughs> um follow us on tiktok at the what is it just the brown sound podcast on tiktok yeah, just brown sound podcast yeah so, so so if you want to see Coming how- soon, daniel doing tiktok dances yeah. i'm like if you want to see yeah. javi dancing or cooking videos <laughs> Hit us up on TikTok. Um, yeah, follow us on TikTok, and Daniel will lift up a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you some uh, cooking recipes. No, I'm just kidding. But other than that, thanks for listening. And uh, what was I going to say? I'm like, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm like, thank you. No, but yeah, again, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it, and thanks to all our listeners out there and supporters. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Kotsaheknu. Adios. And muchas gracias for listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We've had a blast with you all today and make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. For partnership opportunities or just wanting to get a hold of us, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and hosts only.